Thanks for listening. This is Momentum, the entrepreneurship podcast for photographers. I'm your host, Nate Grahek, portrait photographer and entrepreneur. Join me each week as I interview the most successful and inspiring photographers in our industry. We bring you innovative and proven business strategies you can use to shift the momentum in your own photography business, giving you the freedom to do more of what you love in business and in life. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode. I've got a really special guest today. Tara Giles out of Washington is a high school senior photographer um, that just went full time about two years ago. Is that right, Tara? Um, Yeah, actually, it was about three years ago that we went full time. Three years ago. Okay, awesome. So Tara has been on the show before. She's done just an amazing natural marketer. And and I think... What I, I love talking with Tara because her, I think her business and marketing savvy and excitement um, matches, if not exceeds, her passion for for portraits. Uh, I'm, I'm so excited to have you on the show again. We had a chat a while back about business partnerships that people are really loving. Um, we're going to talk about a, a few really awesome things today. I'll go through in a minute. But Tara, welcome to today's show. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here with you, Nate. Awesome. So some hi- highlights, guys. Today, what we're really we're going to dig into um, is making the leap is the theme. Um, I, I, I hear this come up a lot where making the leap to going full time um, is, is, is something that Tara has very deep experience with, uh, both what it was like before and now after. Um, and we're also going to talk about her choice to focus 100% on seniors. Uh, she was willing, like I was when I first got started, and I know many of you listening maybe still are eager to say yes to any type of portraits. Anytime anybody wants to pay you for doing something with your camera, you're like, yep, that's me. <laughs> uh, I think a lot of us have been there. And and Tara's going to share with us her journey in deciding to pick a focus, especially for her marketing, some of the awesome benefits that have come from that choice. And then finally, um, senior model programs is something that gets talked about a lot. But Tara has a really unique new twist on, on how important it is and how to execute on them effectively. Uh, it really, especially it, in her area, um, the senior model program experience is becoming expected. I know there's some parts of the country where senior senior portraits um, are not in style or not in fashion. Uh, but what I think that we senior model programs have been around for so long now that in certain pockets, you need to deliver an awesome experience in order to even be on the map and to compete um, with other photographers in your area. So Tara's got some great tips and resources for how you can do that as well. Okay, so that's what we've got in store for you. Let's jump in to a quick introduction to um, how you became a photographer and what your background was, just so people who haven't heard about you, can we can just give them a little uh, a little teaser. Okay. Um, well, I started out as um, a kind of a hobbyist, just like many people do, and then just really fell in love with it and fell in love with this hobby that I eventually became a business. And I was actually an administrative assistant working in a corporate job and then started doing photography on the side and um, opened my business five years ago. And then for two years, I was doing that on the side with my corporate job. Um got pregnant with my baby girl. And when she was born, we made the decision as a family that I would be a stay-at-home mom. And after 
you know, the expected, I guess, maternity time, um, I decided I didn't want to go back to another corporate job. I loved being able to not only be at home with my daughter and my, my son, but, um, really grow this photography business. And then I just went full in with education and learning as much as I could about, you know, marketing and business. And, and of course, you know, building on my photography skill. Um, but then really wanted to continue to grow it from there. And, um, so three years ago, decided to go full time and jump jump all in. <laughs> Congratulations! That, that's quite. I, I thank you for the quick o- overview. So now let's dig in to some of the the scary details, <laughs> where I think there's a lot of uh, milestones in there that I share with you um, that are pretty scary. And I think there's coming into um, this. I definitely had an aspiration to go full time. I think that I I. Um, I saw, I looked up to a lot of photographers who were full-time. Um, my day job was okay in some ways. It definitely didn't um, fulfill me in all of the creative aspects that I that I thought that being a photographer would. Um, so walk way through that decision. So it was, um, you had, how long, what was your business like um, after maternity leave when you're making that moment, okay, do I go back to work? Or do I go all in on photography? What was that like for you? It was a very scary decision, <laughs> in all honesty, <laughs> um, because although I I loved it, um, I wasn't at that place in my business yet where I felt like I was um, obviously where I am now with it being established. Mm-hmm. I was still growing in my business, and um, of course, not having that extra money from my corporate job we were going to be relying completely on my husband's income. And so we had to sit down and have a real heart to heart about, you know, one, my love for photography. Is this something that I could potentially see myself doing forever? Is it worth, you know, putting every so much on the line? Um, and can we afford this? So we, we went down to the nuts and bolts of it and just kind of went through all our finances and my husband's job and, um, kind of figured out that, yeah, you know what, we'll be okay. We will make this work. And then was was your, was your photography making revenue at the time yet or no? Not really. I mean, it was very, um, just kind of scratching the surface of trying to get clients where I could, when I could, um, not charging nearly enough and mm-hmm. kind of burning myself out, um, giving photos away for practically free or, you know, just not very much and just feeling like I wasn't really making much money. And I tried, I think a lot of that came down to, I just couldn't put as much time into it as I wanted to being in a corporate position also. Mm-hmm. So going mm-hmm. full time afforded me the ability to do that, you know, and, and then fast forward to now, my husband and I were just having this conversation last night and he was like, honey, you have exceeded where I think I expected you to go with this. Some small oh. businesses, they might not ever, you know, make, make money when they're, when they're first starting out or when they're five years in, but you are making a profit. You are doing a great job and you are contributing to our family's finances. And this is amazing. And, and he basically has said that if I hadn't gone full time and put so much effort and energy into building it, I wouldn't be here. Wow. Congratulations. That is so huge. I like talking about a stat that 85%, it's really sad. 85% of photographers don't make it to year three. Oh my gosh. And and so you you are definitely beating the odds. And I think that there's, there's a lot of things there where, um, I want to make sure to, to, to hear 
the uh, I think everybody has their own truth, right? Their own um, path and own way of doing things that's right for you. And a lot of podcasts, a lot of gurus like saying like this is the right way for everybody, and we all know that's not true. Um, because that's this whole decision. I think one of my favorite books is uh, the book Decisive. It was written by um, Chip and Dan Heath, who also wrote the book Made to Stick, which is that marketing book for everybody who's curious where, why I name all of our services Sticky, <laughs> Sticky oh. Albums, uh, Folios, Apps, and now Email. Um, it started with that silly book, Made to Stick. Uh, so I'm, I'm big fans. I've got a, a few really good quick reads. Um, the, this Coming back to this one, Decisive, they they talk about how we have this tendency to think of things as like either or, right? I'm either going to quit my job and go full time um, or I'm going to do it this way. And, and just m- making sure that we're not limiting the options by by framing things as an either or and maybe an and finding the and right mm-hmm. um, okay so back to your experience you decided I, I need to go full-time so that I can put in the effort the energy the attention to learning and growing and doing and del- delivering the service that you thought was really um, essential um, how did that go <laughs> when you made the leap? What was the, what was the, the, those early moments of, oh my gosh, I'm actually doing this? I think, you know, one, it was um, incredibly exciting and freeing to know that, okay, this is mine and I need mm-hmm. to make this all I can dream up to be. Um, but it was also very scary not getting out of bed and then getting dressed and going to a corporate office. <laughs> and I was like, mm-hmm. wait a second, am I, am I doing the right thing? Um, so for my personal journey, it, w- it ended up being a very good decision and something that was essential. Um, but man, I really just poured my heart into learning as much as I could. I took, you know, I listened to every podcast I could and marketing courses and business courses and, and of course, learning to build my photography skill and, you know, all the technicalities um, of being a better photographer. But it, I feel like having that extra time to devote to a lot of that energy is, is or devote to all of that education yeah. really was essential for me. Being able to build my website, being able to... Um, figure out who my target clients were going to be so that I could reach them properly, things like that. Yeah, totally. So a lot of times in the business world, we talk about having a runway. So like if a big tech startup raises money, they'll get at several million dollars, but then they go out and hire dozens of people with huge salaries and expensive offices. And it turns out they only have a six month runway, then they're going to burn through all of their cash. What was your runway. How, when you had that conversation with your husband, which I think is great. I want to hear a little bit more about that conversation because I think a lot of entrepreneurs, myself included, I'm terrible at slowing down and making those decisions <laughs> together. I've, I've, I, I have immense respect for uh, my wife and what I put her through and how <laughs> I really don't know where I'm going until I make the leap. And I admire people with more discipline like you <laughs> to sit down and go, okay, let's Let's think about where we're going to land here <laughs> before I, we leap. Um, what, what, what were some of the milestones or goals you set on, okay, I'm going to try this, um, and, but then how long were you going to try it before you re, re, reevaluated? Um, like, you know, I don't think we actually set 
a mm-hmm. time frame. I think we kind of were like, you know, I take that back. We kind of were thinking, you know, maybe let's try this for a year or a year and a half mm-hmm. and kind of see where things go. Maybe two years. Um, and, Can you make? And- I want to I like make this experience really real. What were some of the? There's trade offs there, right? You were you were that meant that as a whole, as a family unit, you were going to be taking in less money. What were some of the conscious trade offs and sacrifices that you were both willing to take in that or those <laughs> early early months? One of the things my husband said, he was like, "You know, honey, I am all in for this. I think this is a great idea, and I want to support you." As long as you don't start tapping into our family resources to support your business. <laughs> yeah. And he was so smart in that, you know, being able mm-hmm. to kind of think about how am I going to make this work and being able to, um, you know, not use our family income to support a business. Um, mm-hmm. So that was number one. And, and I was able to do that. The only thing we paid for out of pocket for ourselves was my first camera. And then after that, um, my business, I was able to get my business rolling to support itself, which is, was really great. Um, that's congratulations. That's, I didn't know any of these terms when I was doing it. So that's called bootstrapping and it's part, and also in the tech world that we call it, uh, like a lean startup. And my wife was the same way. She's like, okay, great. You're making money, but yeah, that doesn't mean you're quitting yet. Like you still, uh, like you need to make sure that you can pay the bills before, I had I had to be like almost matching our my corporate income before I left the corporate job, <laughs> which was really really hard. And I think that was right for for me. But I know that it burned. There was trade offs. It burned my friendships um, and my relationships with people because I was working two jobs for six months. And that was really really hard. You know, and that's um, another hard part, and just having the business and trying to grow so fast at such a fast pace. I took on more work than I could handle and sold it for a lot less than I should to the point to where it was almost hurting my marriage. And my husband and I had to, you know, like two years ago, like had to stop and be like, hey, we cannot do this anymore and be like pass off parents where we're passing our kids back and forth as babysitters. Like we need to make it you need to, we need to figure out a schedule that's going to work so that I can still, we can each still have our businesses or, you know, each do our own jobs, but still have family time and, and find that balance too. So that was one of the struggles that we had to figure out. Um, and I think I, about a year and a half ago, I finally figured that out. <laughs> a, that's, that's a hard one. And that's a, that's, I think that's a huge, huge win. It's, I think as entrepreneurs, sometimes the chase of the, the thrill of the chase, the, the, um, in order to, I think one of the difference makers in, in entrepreneurs that start businesses that survive is that initial hustle in, in dying attention to the client, right? Yeah. Almost to a fault. And if it, I think in some ways it is vital and, and almost every successful startup, whether it's a photographer or another, any, any industry really, there's stories of that early stage where th- there's trade-offs like you, there is just, there's no way around it. You need to put in the extra hours, which means it's going to take away from something else. And a lot of times it does take away from our spouses. And mm-hmm. I think it's, it's important to talk about because it can be really hard. Some, some spouses, um, aren't maybe are not as um, entrepreneurial and maybe don't understand, or maybe not as creative and don't understand the, the, the desire, the drive to go do this. And it's important, um, one of the mistakes I made is I, in selling stuff to my wife, I, I, 
I sold her stuff I didn't know. <laughs> I didn't know. I sold her a future that I was aspiring to, but I had no idea. Like I remember saying, oh, but it'll be so great. Imagine if I don't have a corporate job, I can come home and make dinner before I'll be home. I'll be home here. And so I can have dinner ready when you get home. One of the stupidest promises <laughs> ever made in my life. Because like, I can't turn it off. I get, it's so hard to turn off. One thing to leave and turn off a corporate job or some other day job, but to turn off your your baby, your in, your infant like uh, company. Oh my gosh. It was tough. Don't die. <laughs> Okay, this is fun. I'm glad we went down that that tangent. I think because that's a really valuable and I think um, important thing that, get, that doesn't get talked about a lot. So I'm glad we went there. Um, let's go back to some of the business uh, making this this transition. I, before we get to the choice to focus just on seniors, um, what was some of the other? It wasn't instantly amazing, right? You were like, okay, I'm full time. How did you temper the self doubt? A lot, a lot of founders we talk about, or business owners, we talk about imposter syndrome, like we're faking it till we make it. Um, you went full time and go, okay, this, I want to make money doing this. This is going to be my thing. And it's incredibly vulnerable. And the sales, I'm assuming, did not start coming in instantly. What was that like? Um, I feel like because I, I sold things like at a lower rate than I probably should have, I obviously wasn't making money as fast as I, as I probably could. Um but I, I was hustling like crazy. Mm -hmm. And I feel That's, like... So one of these questions, I don't like asking people about regrets too much, but would you, what would you do differently looking back about... I think I've heard you talk about the price thing a few times. Pricing myself properly from the beginning because it was really hard to get higher. Like I didn't... So that, it, I'm going to play devil's advocate because I think that's a lot easier said than done, right? Certainly. It's, I think yes. it's, in that moment, it's, it's like, oh my gosh, if I raise my price, I'm going to... People, I'm not going to get any work, right? I'm not. I'm not that good. Who am I to charge these huge prices when I've only been doing it for a little while? How did you come? I feel like my best advice maybe would be for somebody starting out. First of all, figure out how much you need to make to keep your business floating. Whether that's you know how much is your insurance per month, how much is your um, any expenses for your business and figure that out so that you know how much you need to make per month at least to break even mm -hmm. and then how much you want to make extra on top of that so that you can then profit. And then when you're just, when I was just starting out, I didn't do that. Mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. I was struggling to like take on too many clients to make up that difference. Right on. So let's, let's, I, I think I did the same thing. Where, where did you go when you were deciding your pricing initially? What, what did you, what resource did you use to, to, did you just make it up? Did you copy other people? What was this? I feel like in the beginning, I was trying to compete with Walmart and Costco yep. and, yep. and all, <laughs> you know, what are these other photographers around me charging? Because I need to compete with them. And mm -hmm. um, I don't want to be too high priced because they're going to go these other places instead of me. And then also... Okay, so let's... let's like do, I'm going to put you on the spot and do something fun here. So let's pretend we've got a time machine and we're going to go back to it's like month three or four after you're full time and we get to go back to talk to that Tara, what would you tell her? Oh my goodness. I would tell her to make sure that you are editing your photos properly as far as 
um, get your style, get a style down. Pick a, pick a style, stop wavering on your style. Yep. Right? I made the same mistake. Yep. It's not, what? it's not enough to be able to know how to pose a client, but you need to know how to properly and professionally edit that photo so that it looks more professional. And the last one will be when you do decide what you're going to start charging, start to, and you want to have a goal to where maybe you want to be several years down the road, figure out a way to incrementally increase your rate so that you can eventually get to that spot so that you don't feel mm. like you're starting out running, that you can walk first and then slowly get as a jog to where you want to be so that you don't feel like you're going to lose all your clients tomorrow if you raise your prices. Interesting. Cool. So like babies, is that, is that the path you took? Did you baby step your prices or you feel like you, you're the, did you raise them in, in two uh, um, big of jumps? I think that in the beginning I raised them in two big of jumps and then I got comfortable where I was. And then I figured out if I start to kind of baby step things to where I want to be as a less of a shock and my photography um, uh, quality of work would catch yeah, up right. along the way. Yeah. Oh, that was fun. <laughs> this is so fun. Uh, I think there's, we can learn so much from, from that process. Um, I think that one of the biggest things that we don't talk about in, in pricing is that there's, there's the vulnerability in saying like, I'm a professional and here's what I, here's what it's, what I charge. Right. That, oh, that's yeah, I like super that's in the beginning. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I, I think that to your advice of, of going, of doing it gradually, I think that the number one test of of having pricing that works is when you can say it with like with passion through and through absolutely people can i think that whenever people are blocking at your pricing i think it's an opportunity for you to get really honest with how are you squirming because if you're secretly squirming People can pick up on that, like subconsciously with our, our nonverbals, our body language, all of that stuff comes like screaming through when we don't, uh, when that's not like, um, in alignment. Yeah. They can and, tell when you're not confident. There you go. Exactly. So what were some of you, things that helped you build that confidence and stand like where you, where, where you are today when somebody asks you, what are your rates? Um, how do you answer that question? And how did, how did you get to that confidence? I feel like I, because I sat down and I really went through my financials and knowing where I needed to beat and break even. And then of course, what I needed to make as a profit and what I, what I really wanted to make. And it wasn't until I really sat down and went through the financial side of it that I got to the point where I was like, you know what, if I really want to be serious about this, and I actually want this to be a professional income providing job. I need to treat it as such and price it as such. And um, I feel like once I got to the place where my, I felt super confident in my um, photography quality, my quality of photos and the quality of products that I provide and the high level of service that I provide to my clients. It was so much easier than to talk about my pricing because now when somebody asks me how much it is for this canvas or this album, I can tell them point blank without flinching. And then I talk about all the benefits that are getting and how they're going to feel when they're holding this in their hands. Um, and then I, you know, people are really accepting of that because I have a lot of confidence in my voice about what it is that I'm providing to them. 
yeah, it just, I can just hear it. It's, it's, it's such a, it's a, a special place to get to. Um, so let's back up, um, to uh, on this journey. This next milestone I want you to dig into is the decision to focus just on seniors. So you were doing family portraits and whatever would come your way. Um, where did you learn the concept of specialization and, and what were some of the steps you took? How'd you make that decision? I feel like, um, I was doing, you know, weddings and babies and maternity sessions and couples and, um, and, and just about anything somebody would throw at me. I mean, I think I even did, um, photo shoot for, a real estate agent at one point, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, you know, and I, and I was just trying all these different things and, and selling myself as the professional photographer who does all these things. And I started one, I started feeling like when there was a, a certain session that was scheduled a certain type, I just wasn't as excited and um, either more dreading having to go or um, more nervous about the end result and things like that. But I knew that when I was photographing high school seniors, I was so excited and I was engaged and I was having fun and I loved editing their photos when I got home. And, um, and it was kind of through that trial and error process, I guess you could say, right. Figuring out what I loved. And I just, my biggest fear about specializing was, oh my gosh, I'm going to lose all my clients. I'm mm-hmm. going to drive away business and I'll be saying no. I say no a lot. <laughs> like I get mm-hmm. asked to do weddings very often, um, mm-hmm. even by friends and family. And I I feel bad saying it, but I'm like, I can't. I'm so sorry. No. I And it's just, it's a completely different it's a completely different specialty. And I feel like every single, every single niche is very different. And to be able to learn a lot about one is great because you can then, I can then be kind of the, the specialist known for being the senior photographer to go to in the Puyallup area instead mm-hmm. of knowing a little bit about a lot of different things. Totally. Oh, there's so many good nuggets in there. I think that, that, um, being able to, to say no, I think is one of the, I think I was, I, I still struggle with it, but I think that figuring it out, um, was a huge milestone in my career where it, I, I like making people happy. I think as creatives, a lot of us like to keep things smooth. We don't like to rock the boat and saying no is really hard, especially a, a lot of us, a lot of the typical paths into f- portrait photography is, um, friends and family like p- pushing us saying you could do this. Right. Mm-hmm. And then when you've got to turn around and say no to some of those same people that helped inspire you and, and open and push you, um, that sometimes that's a hard thing to do. And it, it was really hard for me to start saying no, but what, what I had to realize is I wasn't doing them a favor. I was doing them a disservice by saying yes. yes. Not only was it hurting me and my business, I was, I was miserable taking on the jobs and the types of things that I didn't, that didn't fill me up. Um, that meant that I wasn't doing them a service. Instead, now I say, you know what, I would, I really want to help you find a photographer that will do a much better job than I will, that specializes in X, Y, Z. Absolutely. And with wedding photos, I've, I've gotten to the point where I'm telling them, you know what, weddings absolutely terrify me. I'm mm-hmm. so afraid that you're going to get that one first kiss as husband and wife. I and mean, if my camera doesn't click at that exact right moment, I can't make you do that over again. 
Right. So it just terrifies me. <laughs> so I'm the same way. Yeah, totally. <laughs> and I think, yeah, just being honest uh, is, is a really, uh, that that's huge. Um, I don't and, up and I want them to be happy with their end result. So yeah, I, I happily refer them or help them find somebody who will be perfect for their special day because it wouldn't be me. <laughs> can you can you share before you had the courage to start saying no? What were some of those circumstances? What were some of the the negatives or the trade offs of of saying yes to too many things? What was that like for you? I think that I took on too much, and a lot of it really was scheduling too much in a small mm-hmm. amount of time. So maybe taking yeah. on too many sessions in a month, and then realizing later, such as a lot of people say, friends and family don't realize. As a photographer, you're not just sitting there clicking a button all day. Like that's not your job isn't the one hour that you're sitting there in front of them taking their picture. You don't just generally don't just go home, download it on a CD and then send it to them that night. There's a lot that goes into the before and the after and the editing process later. And depending on how high, you know, high touch of service your photography business is, you know, that can take several hours from a one hour session, depending on who you are and what you provide. Um, so for me taking on so many clients in a, you know, a one month time frame, I was spending, you know, double or triple that amount of time, then also editing all the photos and then the back end and the client follow up. And then my family life was suffering because I had to work extra hours at night and on weekends to feel like I could stay caught up. And now I can say confidently no to certain jobs if it's one that I feel isn't going to pay me what I feel like it was worth. If somebody's, say, giving a proposal for something, let's say, you know, searching Mm -hmm. for a photographer in this area who can do this. If it's not something that I feel fits me and fits um, my price point, I I won't do it. Or if it's a niche that I, you know, I, I don't do newborn babies unless the mom and dad are holding them. I, I don't know how to do all those beautiful baby wraps and cute little poses. I'm afraid I'm going to hurt the baby. So I say, no, if you guys are holding them, I will do a lifestyle session for you. Absolutely. But I'm not a typical newborn photographer. So yeah. There's a lot of fun, more things I want to unpack. One just at the end there is I think that as somebody who now hires um, a team, hires experts to do different jobs for me, um, one of the things I've learned that we all forget, I think, um, one of the quickest ways that somebody can show me credibility and tr- and build trust with me within minutes is when they tell me what they don't want to do, what they what when they say no, when they say nope, that's not actually something I can do for you. That instantly rat like goes, oh okay, awesome, because I, I know from experience that the the rookies, the inexperienced people, they're the ones that are like, yep, yep, yep. They'll say the empty over overcommit. Yeah. And, 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 and never, and not deliver because they, they, they don't actually know how long things take to, to execute on. Right. And the experts are the one that go, Nope, that's out of my sweet spot. And, and you know what, actually, no, I, I'm sorry. I can't get that done for you in two weeks. It's going to take me at least a month to do a project like that. Sure. I, I can't tell you how many times I've been like, okay, you're hired. Do, do it for <laughs> me in a month because I, I can tell that you know what you're doing. Right. Um, so I think that, that again, it comes Hiring a photographer in in so many ways now, we the, the the burden of trust. I think we forget like the decision for a consumer to hire a, a service. What doesn't matter what it is, but especially photography, um, it's they need to somehow trust us, right? We need to give them reasons to trust that we're we're 
capable of doing what we say we are. Um, we're going to follow through on the commitment, all of those things. And that's, it's getting harder and harder to do. And by choosing just one specialty, you get to demonstrate that you're an expert and that this is what you focus on. And in and, 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 and turn, there's all kinds of other benefits we're going to talk about. But this first one is it, it starts to show trust or, and build trust earlier. Um, one of the things I've been really noticing in the last couple of years is how as single founders, we have to wear many hats, right? One of my buddies had this analogy. He says, in our business, um, we can be CEO, we, we, are, we are CEO and we're also the doer, the legal, the marketing, all of the people, right? And the, the one of the best ways to create success in your business and life, I've learned, is to do yourself future favors, Right. Um, if we make the analogy of like a big company, you, you came from the corporate world. It, it was so common where you'd hear horror stories of companies failing and, and, and sometimes going bankrupt because the sales force was selling more than could be delivered by the rest of the company. And I think that we do just out of desperation where we're insecure and nervous and scared and we say yes to so many things that we're just getting started um, we're we're doing ourselves because it turns out we we have to be the ones to execute and deliver it every, for every yes every client you say yes to there's like a hundred small yeses that have to come after that and on top of that, that there's this other thing I want us to think about is for every yes you say you, 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 there, there's there's a no you've got to say no to something else in your life or in your business and that comes at a at a cost and, and unless you're creating the space for it you go nope this is this is what i've got room for i'm going to say yes to this and i think really learning it took me a while to learn that when you say yes to a client there's several hours of work of editing of follow up of co- communication of scheduling that comes with everyone you say yes to. Um, and, and the worst thing that can happen is you can start to overcommit and spread yourself thin because what's going to hurt first is your personal life and your family. And then eventually you're going to start dropping the ball with clients also. And that's just, is not a good recipe. Oh yeah. Um, so let's go back to what, what are some of the other benefits now that you, um, are focusing just on seniors? So now I feel like I can, focus more of my quality service based directly around seniors and give them a higher a higher value of quality customer service and then really being able to do a lot of the things that I need to do around my marketing, focusing completely on high school seniors and not drawing myself too thin, trying to reach out to different markets and appealing to so many different clients and different types of clients and creating not only the marketing materials, but you know, Facebook groups and my website pages and everything else trying to appeal to so many different people. Now I can fine tune my voice to exactly who I am speaking to exactly who I feel my ideal client is and be so much more present, whether that be in their session, but also just kind of involved in the entire process and delivering such a more of a higher value, I guess, of customer service and quality products than I could have provided before when I was scatterbrained, basically totally. <laughs> too much. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, so one of the things I want to jump to is you've got this great new test, um, slogan that you've put together. I think it's really, it takes so much work to be able to 
to say what it is we do in a succinct way, um, but it's, it's, it's work worth doing and iterating on and practicing. Um, and it, I just think that it sounds, I'm going to have you sit, share with it in a second, but for the listeners, I want you to listen to how, how different this sounds from when somebody asks, Oh, Hey, what do you do? It's like, Oh, I'm a, I'm a portrait photographer or I'm a high school senior photographer. Like that is the big picture. I, I do portraits for families, weddings, whatever. Right. It, it, when we answer the question that way, um, it doesn't like ignite any other parts of our brain. It's just like a quick answer. There's no, it's very forgettable and, and the, it, it's not going to inspire any type of, Oh, I know somebody who it's going to like, Oh, okay, cool. Good. That, that, that sounds like fun. Right. So let's contrast it to what is your slogan now when focusing just on seniors? So the slogan or what I would say to somebody if they asked what I did. I mix the two. Let's start with your slogan. And if you got, if you, um, yeah, start with your slogan. Okay. So that new one is go beyond traditional with senior portraits that make you feel like a model. Right. It's so cool. And that, that, so that just living on your website, um, I think as a headline, is that, is that the headline on your site? Yeah. Yeah. That's on the first page of my site and building that into, um, I just actually put that same thing into a school newspaper. I took out a half page ad in a school newspaper and put that same Ooh. thing in there, um, building that into my social media branding and things like that as well. So that they know that I don't just provide some kind of an experience. This is the exact experience I provide. This is what you can expect when you come to work with me. That's so cool. I think we're, we recently released a free checklist of, of five things every photographer should have on their website. And that what you just talked about is a clear, concise headline that is focused on the client and what you do for them is the number one thing. It's simple sentence that it, I think the tendency for old school web design is like, talk about us. Here's what I do. Here's what I am, right? I am a, a you like high school, what you pick your category in your city. And that's what you put as your headlines. Like, no, like that, that, that's what everybody does. Number one. And it doesn't mean anything. There's just, it's just more noise. But it, when, when you can speak to your, not every high school senior, but to your high school senior that you're going after, right. Um, that is going to, I feel like I got tired of people saying like, what do you do? And I'd be like, oh, I'm a senior portrait photographer. Oh, my brother's sister's cousin does is a photographer too. Oh. Oh, yes. I oh, love yes. that <laughs> contrast. Yeah. Like when you don't want to, be, <laughs> that's, so, that's such a good test. If somebody's like, oh yeah, somebody else does that too. It's like, no, they actually, I do it my way. Right. And when, and when, when you say I go beyond the traditional with photos that make me feel like, what make you feel like a model, they're like, Ooh, how does that, then all of a sudden they want to know the how, right? If we start with the how or the what people are like, shuts them down. But um, this is okay. So let's keep going with your, how do you answer that question now? Hey, what do you, what do you do? Yeah, I'd say I'm a high school senior portrait photographer for those who want to go beyond traditional photos and instead have senior portraits that make them feel like a model. Mm -hmm. oh, so cool. Oh, and it just, it's so succinct and it's, it's unique and it's, what it does is when somebody, even if they are, aren't a high school senior, or if they um, don't have a high school senior as a child, they, but they're going to go instead of being like, oh yeah, my, my uncle or so-and-so is a high school senior photographer, right? Instead they go, Ooh, I've got a friend whose daughter is a senior. 
that sounds like something they would definitely be into, right? Because mm-hmm. it's like it's 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 got some meat to the bone where they're not going to just think in their brain that when when the category is too big, it's the brain doesn't go when we're looking for like network referrals and stuff like that. The every person you tell that to knows dozens of high school seniors, right? But that's too big. It's too big of a of a chunk of information, so the brain's not even going to bother lifting it. But when you give them these tiny little patterns, I'm forgetting the technical term, but we've all noticed when you buy a new car, you ever notice how you start seeing cars like that everywhere? Yeah. Like, what the heck? <laughs> like our brain is really good at noticing familiar patterns with, with more like specific things, right? The, oh my gosh, same color car and same, what, what the heck? I thought I was the only one that was going to get this thing. No, same thing happens when you say stuff like I go beyond the traditional with photos that to make a high school senior feel like a model. Now, the person who you're telling that to, they're not going through their mental Rolodex of all seniors. They're going through a handful that are going to fit that criteria, right? Um, and it's just so that that's where marketing really starts to work. And, and finally, coming back to why you've got to focus is, Again, you're not going to be perceived as an expert um, if you are trying to. It's it's almost impossible to come up with a headline like that that is about all different niches. It's about weddings also and family portraits and newborns. Um, and, and it's just so much less work, right? Where you've got one main message. Um, and well, you, I think there's a, a, a one last anecdote here is I in a pre-call you end up saying no to a lot of other work. But for those of you even that rely on or still do want to do other work, you're st- you still get asked, right? Even though you've chosen to focus on a niche, how often are you still getting asked to do other types of photography? All the time. <laughs> All the time. So I think that's so the often. final... I think it's it's like a. I tell people, you know what? Pick a focus because it's just easier. Everything's going to be easier. You're going to make more money. You'll be an expert. Great. But if I can't convince you to do that, fine. If you still want to do all types of photography, that's okay. You still can. I tell people, uh, Krista Miola, she makes a huge chunk of her revenue doing family portraits. Even though she's widely known, just never says a word about family portraits anywhere on her marketing or her website. It's all boudoir in New York City. But her clients, her past clients come to her for family portraits year after year after year. So just because you don't talk about some other type of photography niche that you want to do on your marketing doesn't mean you won't do it. Absolutely. Um, so, so, but picking picking one central message, one central theme makes your the effort of your marketing so much easier and at the exact same time, light years more effective. Okay. Last things well, uh, we, uh, we say the best for last senior model programs are now expected. Give me a story on when you first started to see this happen. I felt like, um, I, you know, I had my senior model program going and I was excited about it and the girls that were with me and I was getting ready to, um, gear up for the senior year. Um, and I started getting calls from other girls who wanted to be a part of my next model program. And they're saying, so what does your model program provide? Um, this one over here does this. We're kind of comparing mm-hmm. which model program we want to go with. <laughs> like, oh, wow. What? Oh, <laughs> That's amazing. <okay." laughs> That's kind of when the light bulb started going off. 
<laughs> oh, that's amazing. Um, so what, what, what do you think that, what, what, what do you, is that just because it's really trendy in your area? What do you think's happening? What's the, what, what's that trend about? I kind of feel like almost every photographer who photographs high school seniors, it's almost expected that they're going to have a high school senior model program of some sort. The high school senior clients see their friends online all the time posting photos, saying that they're a senior model and that they're, you know, are a senior rep and they're working with another photographer. And so it's almost expected that a senior portrait photographer is going to have this experience or this available for them to do as well. Um, and so then they they start calling and asking questions about that. But because it is something that is becoming so expected, now it is so important that not only do your photographs and your does your business need to stand out from the sea of other photographers, but it is also crucially important that if you have a senior model program, that needs to stand out from all the other model programs in your area as well if you want to attract them to come to, to you for the experience that you provide. Absolutely. Uh, very cool. Um, so... Give us uh, what are what are some things you've done and recommend doing to help you stand out and help compete in this space now where it's like having a program is not enough. What is what are the things that you think that that, that seniors are looking for in a model program? I feel like they want to, they don't want to just have, you know, a free senior session and then say, be done with it. Like that's the old way of doing things and that's not really working anymore. Um, I feel like it is so much more valuable to them and then to yourself to providing them a s- experience that is more unique by creating something for yourself for you to be known for. So creating an experience that's going to stand out and ultimately turn into the thing that you're known for is um what I recommend. And so something that I've said to people before is, you know, I've seen photographers who offer epic underwater sessions for their models, others who are very adventurous and they have an adventurous spirit and they'll go take beautiful photos over the top of their mountaintop for their high school seniors. Um, You know, and so those are different ways that they can stand out and be known in their area. And so for me, the way that I stand out in my area is that um, I work with my senior models, giving them basically more of an actual model-like experience. So I'm known for having a program that allows them to um, model, having a model experience and then working with other local businesses. Um, So I partner with local businesses and photograph the girls and guys on my team who are either modeling their latest product or or modeling their latest fashion, enjoying a product. Um, And then my photos can be then used in their advertising and online. And then it's not only fun for my models, but it's great co-marketing for these Amazing. other local businesses. And yeah, absolutely. That is something that they're starting to come to me and, and want and talk about and get really excited about. Um, just One of the things you have on your website is this, like a, you've got like a back to the fifties inspired session that you show images of. And I think one of the, 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 I forget where I heard this tip is you've got to make sure that your model program is, is profitable too, right? That they, your models are coming back and wanting to, um, invest in their own portraits. Um, and if you are one of the perks of doing these themed sessions is that these are going to be fun things that maybe they'll buy prints of them. Great. But like, they're going to need an album with their, their actual session, not, not of the scene, the, like the back to the 50s session. Is that, is that accurate? 
Absolutely. So, and, you know, I do do those where I model, have them model products for the local businesses, but that's only a couple of times a year. The rest of their time is filled with themed photo shoots, you know, once a month or, you know, several times during the year where they have a theme like the back to the fifties one, or um, lately we just did kind of a rock and roll um, style theme that was super fun when they got to show off their rock and roll style of their personality. So yeah, they're having fun and they're getting these chances to post these extra photos on Instagram and social media that make them feel amazing and, and that they absolutely love. But yeah, they're not all photos that they're going to want to actually have as their senior portrait session or to put in the yearbook. So they still do have their senior portrait session with me and their senior portrait session. Almost all of those photos are the ones that they choose for to actually purchase from for their, you know, album, canvases, prints, yearbook, and they might grab, you know, one or two from a previous themed session that we did to pull in. Um, but for them, that that excitement is already gone. They've already been able to post all those on social media. So the social senior portrait session is their chance to have their own clothes, everything that they love, their passions, their car, their favorite sport, the photos that mom wants. Um, this is that session is their chance to get all that done. And that's the one that they really get more excited about. And because they've worked with me on all these other themed photo shoots before and these group sessions, by the time they get to their senior model, or excuse me, their actual individual senior photo session, their confidence level has been heightened. Their comfort level with me is through the roof because we've already worked with each other so much. And they know that their photos from me are going to look amazing and they feel beautiful every time we take their photos. So they know that their senior session is going to look just as great and um, they're more comfortable and confident and they're more themselves during their senior portrait session. So that has been one of yeah. the biggest perks for them. That's awesome. Uh, you, I could feel like I would get to go on for hours and hours. You have put together an awesome free guide. We've linked below. Thank you for putting this together for us and sharing it. You've got four simple tips um, for running a high school senior rep program you, you, where you talk about how you can stand out, right? The other things you're doing to stand out and to run um, a, a, a profitable model program. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, Tara, thank you so much for sharing this story. I think we went in so many different fun directions that I didn't have planned, but I think it was, I got a lot out of it. I'm sure our listeners did too. So thank you for spending the time with us and, and for sharing this great resource. Again, if you guys want to learn more from Tara, she's got a couple great things now um, on her website. We'll put the link to the free guide and to other things she's working on um, in the links below. Thank you again, Tara. Have an awesome rest of your day. Thank you so much, Nate. You as well.